down through the years. The Lord's been good to me. Oh, down through the years. The Lord's been good to me. Oh, down through the years. Yes, the Lord's been good to me. Oh, you know the Lord. Been good to me. All of my life, the Lord's been good to me. Oh, all of my life, you know. Yes, the Lord's been good to me. Oh, you know the Lord been good to me. Hallelujah. If we have to deal with, as we come into almost the close of 2019, they ought to be a witness that God has been good. He's he been mighty good to us. This morning, I don't intend to be before you long, but there is a word from the Lord, and um, it's found in the book of Luke, chapter 2, the key verse is verse 7. That's Luke, chapter 2, verse 7, 2 and 7. And it reads, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Because there was no room for them in the end. I just want to say because there was no room for him in the end. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and mighty God, we come right now in the name of Jesus to give thee praise and thanks, Lord, for being a God who sits high, look low, Lord, and blessing us, Lord. When we don't deserve thy blessings, we don't deserve thy mercy, thy grace, but we are grateful, Lord, that you see fit, Lord, and that you thought enough of us when we didn't think anything of ourselves, Lord, to send thy only begotten son, Lord, to save us, to help us, to redeem us, to restore us back to where we once were in the beginning. Lord God, we pray right now, Lord God, for, for this church, Lord, for our pastor and his family, Lord, for, for the deacons and their wives, Lord, all the ministers, wives, Lord, for everybody that's here, Lord. For we are all thy children, Lord, in need of a touch from thee. Embrace us and hold us in thy arm. And Lord, continue to tell us, Lord, that we are special and that, that you care for us, Father. Bless our sick and shut in and bless, Father, our bereaving and grieving families, Lord. We are grateful and we're thankful right now. It's in the mighty name of Jesus and we say amen. amen. This morning I want to talk to you about no room in the end. No room 
in the end. My first question I have is to ask you, is there room for Jesus in your end? Or have you to put him in the stable or the cave of your mind? As we deal with this holiday season, is it truly about Jesus? When Christmas comes, what is it really all about? Is it about the gifts? Is it about the food? Is it about the family gathering? What is it truly about? What does it really mean to you? As pastor was up here talking, I was in my mind saying, man, stay out of my message. And it's just confirmation because over the years, as time continued to grow, it's always more commercialized. What's on your list? Oh, don't say you ain't got no list. What have you been hinting at? Husband, wife, children. This is the most important time of the season that it's amazing and everybody is, seems to be happy and jolly. But is it superficial? If Christmas was every day, would you still feel the same? Would you still go out your way to do what you do? Would you cook or would you be more friendly or would you be more nicer? Well, as I read it and, you know, if we go back through it, it starts in verse 1. It says, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cinerus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. As I looked at it, I realized that thinking about it in my mind, I put down these words, I jotted down as the Holy Spirit dealt with me. There was a stillness under the stars. The sharp cry of a newborn baby broke the silence of night. And Elam lifted up her hair for a moment to listen, then resumed her sleep. No one was aware that something important had happened except the little family huddled in the stable or the cave because the manger was actually a cave or a stable where people kept their animals. What I noticed was that for 400 years, the children of Israel had waited for the promised Messiah. Ironically, he arrived almost unnoticed. A tiny baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger because there was no room for him in the end. 
Understand, Jesus the Messiah did not come the way that people had expected him. When he came into your life, was it how you expected? Where he found you, was it where you thought he would be? As I'm thinking about it and going through it, understand no space was reserved for Jesus when he came into the world. When he came into your life, what space did you have for him? There was no hospitality, no welcome, no parades, no sound of trumpets. When Jesus was born, the very people he came to save and redeem did not notice because they was too busy doing other things. How busy are you this morning? How busy have you been all month long preparing for Christmas Day to receive a gift? But there is only one perfect gift that we all need, and that's Jesus. As I looked and studied the lesson, I come to realize that there was a severe overcrowding in and around Bethlehem. The local residents and the visitors alike were unwilling or unable to receive Jesus when he was born because they were busy. Birmingham is busy. You, you got all type of sales going on. If, you, if you've been on the highway this week, oh, it's something going on out there. It, it ain't got nothing to do with the construction that they're going on. Everybody's out trying to get that special something, and somebody here tomorrow is going to be out shopping. You ain't got everything that's, that, that you want your loved one or your family member to have. So what's going to happen? You're going to get out in the traffic, whether it's early in the morning, and may get home late at night because you want it to be right. As we learned was that by the order of the Roman Empire, all persons were required to return to their family ancestral home for registration, their taxing. When I come to realize that this event became an occasion for family reunions, everybody know what a family reunion is, right? If we go back to the 70s and 80s when it's a big thing when mama around and everybody no matter where you were everybody coming home for the holidays and when I come to realize that these reunions of family gatherings required much time and energy people who still lived in their hometown had to prepare for relatives who were coming and during this time, they was preparing for them because they had to come to be taxed. But it was also a great gathering, a great getting together to talk about how you been and what's going on with the family and everything. Oh, they have grown so much. You mean to tell me she married, he married? This is when you discuss the good old times and the old times. Don't you remember when this used to happen? You remember when mama used to do this? Don't you remember when he... Yeah, yeah. All right now. yeah I, I told pastor that uh, grandson gonna get y'all for that style, when he get big and grown. And y'all gonna be like, y'all remember this, click. And he gonna have his significant other with him and be embarrassed. (laughs) 
But it's during those times, those good old times, that when you begin to reflect back. And so this is how this occasion, how I looked at it became. I realized that the host had to get the guest quarters ready and had to have extra food on hand. I don't know, nobody come to town and you ain't feed. Refrigerator packed to capacity. Cookies and cakes and ice cream and eggnog and, 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 and for those relatives that, 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 that drink that cognac eggnog. And you, you know what's going on. You, you got to have the fresh deck of cards and, and, and dominoes because it's on. You, you got to offer that slap the table so hard that you, you, you got to have some logs up on it because he'll break the table. Ain't no sleeping in the house. It's part of time. It's a good time that's going on. But, but still, if you notice, any room in the end for Jesus. If you notice, I ain't brought Jesus into this picture yet. This is what's happened during the holiday season. Look, it ain't something that we mean to do or forget about. It's the thing that we so caught up with everybody that's coming in that, that we ain't got time to be talking about Jesus. Is assumed. We ain't having no Bible study on Christmas Day. Children running downstairs trying to see her. Uh-huh, Daddy done ate up all the cookies and drunk the milk that was setting out because we've been told you, you better go to sleep. Oh, I'm the only one that went through that. Didn't have no gifts up under the tree uh, and, don't, and, and couldn't understand where they came because I searched the house. I don't know the only one that ever did that. You search the house. I know I'm going to hear the presence around here somewhere. Search the car, the trunk. Ain't that. But when I woke up that morning, because I tried my best to hang out as long as I could, he wasn't there at 3 o'clock. I had to make up my mind and say, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Don't know where Santa Claus, what time he coming? I thought he'd be on time. <laughs> but when I got up, there it was. With these urgent matters on the people's minds, who would have thought that God would have chosen such a time as this to send his only son? It hit me. When you are in the midst of your business, God shows up. You ain't thinking about him, but he's thinking about you. He shows up. So much going on. It was during this time that the man, the emperor, decided, I'm going to do a tax. God said, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. I'm going down. I'm going to save the people. This is the right opportunity. You party, you getting it up, you drinking that eggnog, that spike, God shows up in your life. Hit me now. Look, it don't don't matter what you were doing. He loves you and comes to you. When he found us, we weren't already saved. We, we, We were stuck in sin and he showed up. He came to the party. Uninvited from us. 
But he showed up and became the life of the party. For some reason, all that you had in you just, it, 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 it couldn't do it no more. You were tipsy, but it ain't nothing like a Holy Ghost. It ain't nothing like a Holy Ghost high. You smoking, but understand, until you, until you got around the real smoker. Till the real Holy Ghost smoke started going up. And the room seemed like it was gray. I don't know if y'all ever been in the spirit, been high. You come in, it's a haze in the church. It's a haze where the, where, where the word of God is going on. And, and you're trying to figure out what is going on in here. Well, the spirit of God has descended. Your spiritual eyes are open and you're able to realize that God is in the building. I ain't gonna stay too long. I ain't gonna stay too long. I ain't gonna stay too long. <laughs> what I've come to realize is that the lack of room for Jesus is an age-old problem. For severe overcrowding still exists today. Our minds are overcrowded with news and information. Our hearts are overcrowded with innumerable concerns. Our schedules are overcrowded with things to do. Our electronic devices are overcrowded with messages. Check your phone. Everything seems to have us distracted. And with so much overcrowding, we run the risk of not having enough room in our personal end to receive Jesus Christ. And so today I want you to have enough room so that Jesus can come in because he is the reason for the season. And the season ain't just one day. We were taught that in the season there's summer, winter, spring, and fall. And so the whole point is, if you celebrate him being the reason for the season, it don't matter if it's cold, if it's raining, if it's hot, it don't matter what's going on. Jesus is the reason. It shouldn't be just one day out of a year that we really take the time to Celebrate. It should be a celebration all year long because he's been just that good. If he, didn't, if he didn't come all the way down from heaven and touch you with a finger of love, you won't be here this morning. You won't even wake up. If he didn't watch over you last night while you were sleeping, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't wake up. It's because of him we live, move, and have our being. If we want to have the best Christmas ever, the most important thing of all is to make room in our hearts to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how busy we may be, we need to set aside time and space to welcome Emmanuel. The same, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. God, God showed up. Emmanuel, God with us. As, as John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. But then when you look on down at John, it said, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld this Word as the only begotten of the Father. God done came down through 42 generations. Got off. That train in Bethlehem. To, for you, for you, for you. Understand where we were, we're in a Bethlehem situation. He got off to save us. 
but God. He is good. He looked beyond their faults then and our faults now and saw a need. He always sees the need. When we are saved, filled with the Spirit, we're supposed to be identical like him. Understand, we be like Christ. We must be able to look beyond the fault of an individual and see the need and do our best to meet the need. Remember, he didn't have nothing. He didn't have, if you notice, there are people who have nothing, who are homeless, who have nothing. The whole point is, when have you tried to meet that need? Help the best way you can. God saw that we were too busy and too self-sufficient to notice what we lack. So he came down to seek and save the lost. We was caught up in ourselves. And during the holiday season, most people are caught up in themselves. They going to get mad about the gift that you didn't get. It's never enough, but with God, it's always enough. Matter of fact, with God, it's more than enough. What this season is really all about is that God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus, his only begotten son. As I close, I want to tell you about a story come from the book of Acts when the disciples going into the temple and the man was begging for alms. How I put it was there was once a time when God saw us lying crippled on the doorstep of heaven in need of a savior. And God had something he just could not keep to himself what he had to give it. Like the beggar asking for alms in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, so were we asking for something, but not truly knowing what we need. But God, like this man, gave him something he didn't ask for. He gave us something that we didn't ask for. God gave more. God gave us a baby to love a man to follow, a life to adore, and the Holy Spirit to dwell in our bodies, giving us strength and power to walk right, to see right, to talk right, to think right, and to love right. This is what he gave us. We are more than conquerors because of him who loved us, who died for us, who redeemed us. So during this Christmas, let our minds be on him who saved us. When you open your gift, you give thanks to him for the perfect gift. For no gift can compare to the love of God. I hope you hear me this morning because this is where it is. We have to teach a dying world about a living savior. We don't serve a dead savior, but a risen savior, a living savior, one who can save you right where you are. You don't have to get yourself together. He can get it for you. He will take care of that. All you got to do is come. 
This is what it's all about. His name is Jesus. Where is that? The lily of the valley. The bright and morning star. Jesus, Joseph's stepson. Ezekiel's will in the middle of the will. The great I am. Who is he to you? What has he done for you? Jesus, born in Bethlehem, reared in Nazareth, tried in unjust courts. He was hung, crucified, dead, and buried. But the word tells us that he did not stay dead. On the third day, he got up with all power in his hand. In the book of Revelation, he said, I'm he that was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. I have the keys of hell and death in my hand. This is what the season is all about. It's all about celebrating him. Glorifying him. There is no Christmas without Jesus, without Christ. There is no Christmas without the Messiah. We must let everybody know, whether they want to hear it or not. Don't let them leave your house. Don't let them open the present. Don't let this time go by without sharing Jesus. Eat all you want to eat. Drink all you want to drink. What I come to find, drink and be merry. But do it in the name of the Lord. Oh, I have to keep it real. We now shall open the doors of the church. Will there be one? I know this ain't one of them old shouting messages. But if you really think about it, you should be shouting anyway. If it weren't for him, where would you be? What would you be doing right now if he hadn't came into your life? Who would you be with? Come on. Maybe there's someone here who haven't given their life to Christ. We offer the opportunity for you to come. As the choir leads us in song. Come on, Pastor. God bless you. Thank you for having me.